you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Galactic Holonet, welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. I'm your host, Richard White, better known as the Pirate Lord, Kelvin Tiberius. Joining me today is our cabin boy, Mark Fletcher, better known as Sable Griffin. What up, Sable? It is a good day. Also joining us today is our janitor, Blair Bunky. We like to call him Scruffy. What's up, Blair? How's it going, man? Not too bad. Um, and finally, joining us today is, I guess, the ship's navigator. That's why we've been lost. I don't know. Uh, Scott Williams, better known as Mr. Froggies, the Frog Father. Froggies, what's up, man? Uh, now, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, dude, you moved since since we, we last talked, right? Yes, across the country. Now I'm in uh, Nova Territory. How's that going? Enemy territories. Uh, it's all right. Um, they're, they're schooling me in X-Wing. I, I seem to have forgotten everything that I've learned. <laughs> now now to relearn. Yeah, what are, what are you liking, what are you liking uh, flying nowadays? Uh, well, I'm in a league... And we are playing, uh, you have to pick a faction and you're playing that faction. And I picked, um, Imperial mm-hmm. and I realized I don't really like Imperials. I'm, I, I, uh, even though they're good ships and there's lots of good stuff to play, I, I just, I just don't really like Imperials. Yeah. You should fly a, a crack swarm. It's a more elegant weapon for a more elegant age. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that's actually the only list I've done reasonably well, I, and it's your list, Mark. It's the um, it's was it Neverwinter's Night list. Last Winter's Night. Last Winter's Night. Yeah, it's that's like the only list I've done semi decent with. Um, so that's a good list. It is. It is. We're probably going to hear a little bit about uh, Last Winter's Night here in a little bit, not to spoil anything, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, we're glad to have you back, man. Um, please tell us where we are, um, because we've been floating in space for like a year. Yes, I'll get us back on course, Captain. <laughs> All right, so um, let's go into some news. I know, uh, Blair, you've got something new going on. Uh, tell us about uh, this tournament that uh, we're, we're looking at uh, doing. Uh, yeah, so we, I mean, uh, to all the listeners, you know, we've been talking forever about putting some together, and I know a lot of you've been waiting for it. Uh, we decided we wanted to do an invitational tournament, um, which is, I guess, kind of officially, unofficially, going to be season three of uh, the TC Aces, um, and. Uh, so it's an invitational, so unfortunately we're not going to be able to invite everyone who want to, but there's going to be ways for uh, everyone to participate as well. Um, and so we'll have a – we should be posting something coming up here probably on the forums, the FFG forums, and then we'll also be talking about it on the next episode. So I'm not going to divulge too much information, but go ahead and stay tuned for an update on that. We're finally going to take my nut down, right? Uh. 
We're going to do our best, Ricky. That's all we can do, right? Just do our best. Uh, we can't have them talking bad about you. I mean, they, they always seem to give you slights. Like, uh, weren't you, like, and so in the Slack chat, um, you, you, like you mentioned in the last podcast, they mentioned that, um, you, they, 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 they credited, uh, Lyle for something that you did. Like they couldn't remember your name. Why, why are they always throwing you shade, man? Uh, no, you're actually confused, Ricky. That was a uh, Reinhardt who uh, mm-hmm. he was talking about his prep for London, and so there was a group of us. It was like Heaver and Jeff and a bunch of us, and he named like every single person who was in the room, and then he named Lyle instead of me. <laughs> so I don't. I I feel like I'm getting trolled at this point with like these <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> like all the podcasts are just like, eh, just like let's intentionally misremember Blair, but oh, I'm, it's all good. <laughs> you're the janitor yeah i'm the janitor that's it's uh you only get remembered if you do something wrong so i guess yeah. that's a good thing <laughs> all right so i don't know if you guys heard but there was a tournament that uh just happened pretty big one at uh, gen con gen con the biggest board gaming convention out there the granddaddy of them all and our boy mark fletcher sable griffin went to that uh mark how was gen con Gen Con is a lot of fun. It's a massive, massive event. Not just X-Wing is going on. They had another 61,000 attendees, of which only about 250 were playing in the tournament. So mm-hmm. uh, major vendor hall. FFG does their annual report to the stockholders there called the In-Flight Report. That's where the news dropped about Wave 10. Uh, they have a big booth. They were pre-selling wave nine and a bunch of their other stuff. They were demoing their newest game, star Wars destiny, uh, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Did you get a chance Uh, to play it? I did. Uh, It's a dice card game. looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, but I'm, I'm a little leery because it comes in random packs. Oh oh God, no. (laughs) Right. Unlike X wing where you know exactly what's in every pack. This is randomized, so Random I don't know if I'm going to get into it, Yeah, that leads to the, the dark ways. That leads to the dark side. Right. So uh, I um I may buy in. We'll see. Uh, but it was a lot of fun when I played it. Random packs lead to anger. Anger leads right. to... Yes. <laughs> Fear. How does it go? I don't, I don't remember. But, it was a terrible. Uh, random packs lead to... to anger. Anger leads to fear. Fear leads to Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and, se- and suddenly your table's flipped by the force. Um, <laughs> so uh, you got to check out uh, Force and Destiny. Did you get to do anything uh, else uh, cool at Gen Con? I know you played in the tournament. I just I did play in the tournament. I'm Other- desperately, uh, I'm so jelly that you got to go. I'm just curious what you got to do. So a quick recap then is Thursday I played the wave one of the the tournament. Uh, Friday, all I did was go through the dealer hall. It took me all day. I went through it once. Wow. It is a massive hall. And it doesn't help that everybody chooses to stand and talk in the intersections. So all of the traffic gets stopped because three nerds want to have a conversation about Pikachu or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Did you see a lot of uh, digital monsters running around? Uh, actually, not inside the convention center. It was 
really sparse in there, but outside in the streets, they were everywhere. Pokestops and Pokemon. And it was what was very, the one very thing fun. that caught your, really piqued your interest that day, Mark? Well, uh, that's the day I got my Wave 9 stuff. So that was, that was the thing I went in there to get. Mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, I got to run into the artists who did the alternate art Boba Fett Ooh. and the alternate art Bosk, mm. and I got both of those signed. Nice. That's pretty cool. Uh, that That's was awesome. pretty cool. Uh, I also, there, just as an aside, there's another role-playing game that I uh, play called Hollow Earth Expedition. Uh which I, they had a new product that I picked up and just, just so you get a feel for what this role playing game is. It's the 1930s. You're fighting against Nazis and dinosaurs over the secrets of Atlantean technology inside the hollow earth. It's <laughs> <Nice. laughs> awesome. Right. All right, cool. What, uh, what'd you end up doing on uh, Friday? So Friday was just going through the dealer's hall. Mm-hmm. Saturday was more X-Wing. I played in the the uh, with the Hangar Bay event. And then Sunday I played the Team Epic event. Cool. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, your your tournament. Let's talk about uh, the national. It's the North American Championship, right? North American Championship. Right, so uh, what'd you uh, what'd you end up flying? So I took last winter's night. For those of you that are not familiar, it's Omega Squadron. Uh, sorry, Omega Leader with Juke and Com Relay, Wampa, and four Black Squadrons with Crack Shot. Because I hate you specifically. It's a crack swarm, six ships. It's powerful. I can melt things very easy. I've got a lot of firepower. And when you start doing damage back, okay, I've lost a ship, but that's not a huge loss for me. Uh, It's a tough list to fly. It's a tough list to fly against. Cool. So uh, how'd you end up doing? There at least the first day. First day, I went five and one, nice. placed ninth overall, so I made the cut. Uh, it was a, a pretty overwhelming day. Uh, first round, I had a bye, and then second round, I was playing Tyler Tippett, uh, who I know, and it was just immediately thrust right into the, the fray. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And so the he's playing a crack swarm as well, and he's got Howl Runner. And he wins the role for initiative and takes it, of course. Uh, at the end of the first round of shooting, I have lost two Black Squadron pilots, and I have done a single damage to Hellrunner. And that was pilot skill zero. <laughs> Hellrunner then survives for three more rounds before she dies. Uh, and it gets down to the point where it's Omega Leader and one Black versus four of his ships. And I come back to win that game. Nice. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. Cause yeah, that's Tyler's no easy. opponent. No, this, this was not an easy opponent. It was rough. Uh, but I was able to, 
to finally outfly him. My dice turned, my luck turned. I was able to get his ships off the board. And, and we ended the match at five, the five minute warning. So. That's pretty cool. Uh, what was the, uh, what was the, who's, uh, moving around? Blair. Sorry. Come on, man. All right. Uh, He's cleaning up. <laughs> yeah. Mute yourself when you clean up. Uh, what was the, uh, Mark, what was the list that you, uh, what was the list that you lost against? I lost to Tim Schaefer, who was running a Poe Biggs wedge list. Sure. And actually, this one, I don't really count this one as a loss, even though it was officially labeled as such, because I it came down to Omega Leader versus Poe, and I spent 30 minutes chasing Poe. I got him down to one hull, um, and then proceeded to have three rounds where I rolled a blank on one of my two attack dice. Any one of those rounds, I get another hit, I win that game. Uh, he spent, th- I, I had him on the ropes, I chased him for 30 minutes. Uh, he was running away because it was o- his only win condition. Uh, so he won on, it went to time, he won on points, but uh, any sane judge coming in, outside observer says, no, I, I win this game. Either way, it feels good. Like, you know, you, you go five and one, right? So that's yeah. like, it's not like the worst thing in the world. No, no, I, I wasn't too torn up about it. So the next uh, day that you flew in that tournament was then Saturday, right? Yes, Saturday. And, and that was going to be three rounds. Uh, I'm, I'm coming in with a loss and my MOV isn't great. It's decent enough. I mean, in a place ninth, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's above average for the five and ones. But it's still a tie swarm, and I bleed MOV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's tough. And because there are so many people here, I have to go undefeated. Because a 4 and 2 won't cut it with my MOV. So a question I have for you is, um, how many people did they cut to? Uh, they cut to 64. Not all 64 showed up. Mm-hmm. I want to say about 54 did. And it was cut to top eight. Ah, uh, that's rough. Why? How many total players were there? Uh, about two fifty. Ah, it seems like that should be a sixteen. I mean, this may it be should. this may be uh, important later. But how did you do on uh, that day? I went two and one that day mm-hmm. for a seven and two overall, mm-hmm. which placed me at eleventh. That's rough. Although that really is like a very good uh, result. Oh, yeah, it's a very solid showing. Uh, but because MOV, there's nothing I could have done. And it was what? kind of tough because uh, I haven't run the numbers, but I'm fairly certain that there were four and two players that made the cut, but were mathematically incapable of making the top eight cut. Yeah, so why why even make them show up the next day? Right. Yeah. yeah, that's just that's just weird. That's just uh, rude. I, I, I yeah. don't get that. If, if, <laughs> if you can't make the cut, why? Why? And then with that many people, a top eight, it's like so. That, that seems yeah. weird too. What was your what was your loss, uh, Sable? That day it was against Joshua Guy, who was running a Vader Countess Palpatine build. Okay, and I just my dice went home that round. 
There was nothing I could do. I was rolling blanks on attacks. I was rolling blanks on defense. He was one-shutting ties at range three. It was nothing. Uh, or sorry, he was running. Uh, it was James Croyk who was running Countess Carnor Palpatine. Uh, but yeah, it was nothing I could do, and Carnor wasn't helping. Uh, but I I should have melted Countess. Uh, I made a mistake, and Countess got through. And then Dice just said, no, there's no way you're coming back on this game. Uh, I managed to take out Palpatine, but that was mostly a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah, so, so that's, so unfortunately you lost and you ended up placing 11. That's, I mean, that being said, like, I mean, well done and, you know, I mean, what sort, what sort of, uh, what sort of booty did you get? So I got two copies of the Bosque card. I got two copies of Omega Ace. Ace? Really? Oh, yeah. Ace? <laughs> I know. Come on. I got the I guess plastic they want big to play card. It. Right? Come on. I got the plastic big card, and I got a single acrylic uh, Connernet. I mean, Just that's... one. That's, because that's, that's all you'll ever need. Did you get anything uh, else in the other tournaments? I did. I actually got more stuff in the single game of Team Epic than I did for placing 11th of the North American Champions. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's up with, like, organized play? It seems pretty disorganized. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it's like, come on. There they're nice guys, but that's about all the good I can say about their organized play team. It is so bad. <laughs> uh, it's I, not their on-site performance that I have a problem with. They can run a decent tournament. They're nice. They're good with rules questions, sure. But organizing it is terrible. Come on, guys. Step up your game. Structurally, yeah. I still, I, I know that it isn't ready yet, but like, Think about it. It's uh, August right now. Today's date is August 11th, and I still don't know if I'm going to Worlds yet or not. And I still have to hold, you know, five days of paid time off and save like I'm going when I could not be going and spending my money elsewhere. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about. Go ahead, Scott. I, I was just thinking, there, like some of the prize supports that you get from some of these other side events, like uh, Nova Open or the St- the Stell Open. It's like they really go all out, and this feels like, well, yeah. we got some stuff. We'll give to these guys. This this ought to be good. It just like doesn't feel like there's a lot of thought put into these big these big events <laughs> for for that. I, I mean. It, in comparison, I would, yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree. Seeing all those events they put on over at Nova and all that, they get Paul Heaver doing like color commentary like the entire tournament. Like what? And yeah, the support is out of this world. The campaign for cancer has awesome support. They get so many cool stuff. All that third yeah. party stuff. They get like artists, like signed posters and stuff. They get awesome right. stuff. So yeah, if FFG put even like. A little bit of effort into into that part. It would just you know the funny like, thing is is they could put no effort and just say hey those guys 
here's our signature. Will you do all the work for us? Like when you think about it, they could go the opposite route and have a better result and save money. Like literally anything but what they're doing would be better. I understand that they're trying to avoid cash prizes and, and big things that would bring out the cheaters and win it all cost all costs folks, but uh, you could do more and it wouldn't take you a lot more to do more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, it just, it doesn't even, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of effort in it. Yeah. You've it's got, like, you've yeah, got like, these artists that you're paying to make you a card, just have them sign it. And send it back like five times. Actually, yeah. on that note, so Friday, mm-hmm. uh, middle of the day, I'm going through the dealer hall. I I got a boss card for playing on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I take the boss crew card to the artist who drew boss, and that was the first time he had seen one of those cards. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. You just have him sign it. Anyways, but let's let's jump into let's let's go to a positive note here. Let's jump into the actual um to- so it cut to a top 8 and the top 8 for the most part was um pretty interesting altogether. Um Yeah. Considering uh considering that you would expect a lot of Dengaru and Aces. I mean, there was a lot of that, but there was there was more than I ex- there was a little bit more um, originality than I expected in the top eight. Um, Blair, you yeah, want to? There's wanna, a lot of good variety. Yeah, you want to kind of break since you know you're the janitor and you got to, you have to clean up this mess. So you uh, can you uh, <laughs> break down generally the top eight, some interesting things that you saw in the top eight, and um, why you might like that, and then let's we'll go into the top two matchup and. Let's kind of break that down a little bit. I yeah, it was it was nice to see a varied topic because that's what I think a lot of people were thinking when uh, on the onset of the tournament. It's going to be a lot of Dengaru and Palpaces making the final games, and uh, it was pretty all over. We, we had there was a four TLT list <laughs> that made the top eight. Um, it's it's weird how the meta settles. I think the fact that Torpedo Boats has kind of dropped off a little bit allowed that list to kind of have some success, but that was 8th in Swiss. Uh, then we had uh, Asymmetrical Brobots come in number 7 It's Swiss. Uh, and then we had uh, uh, two Torpedo Boats and a Party Bus. Uh, we had our friend Dion Morales made the cut with a Dengaroo. And we had two Lothal Rebels with Auto Blaster FCS and then a gold with Auto Blaster. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Ron Brannon uh, was third at Swiss, running the Howard Aces. He was the only dude with the Palp Aces. Which, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, James Crook, is that it? is that the guy that you lost to, Mark, yeah. you were saying? Yeah. He had Palp Aces as well. Yeah, and then Daniel Harz with Corin West and Biggs. And I've seen Paul run that exact list a couple of, he's been running that in the Vassal League. And I think it's a good list in the meta. Yeah, you like Corn nowadays, don't you? I mean, you ran him recently. Yeah, he's, he's great in the meta and so is Wes. And Biggs can screen for them both. He can screen against torpedo boats. Uh, I just, 
it's it's hard to imagine winning a big tournament with two X wings. <laughs> so is that's how I look at it. <laughs> but it's cool. It was cool to see that he finished first in Swiss, and uh, so yeah, the final game came. It came down to uh, a, the uh, Francois and Marcel, and Francois had two Lothal rebels with FCS Auto Blaster. One had Zeb. One had Chopper. And then the gold had R four D six Auto Blaster. And then I think that Mar- is such a cool list. I- I really like the R4-D6 on the Y-Wing just to, like, keep it from getting torpedoed off of the board. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was a good – that was a really good call. Yeah. Yeah. And you got those two Lothals that are really tanky. Uh, you know, they're probably not going to die in one turn. So you can come in with both of them, shoot your four-dice gun, and then, you know, 5K the one that gets shot up and get them behind – while they're having to deal with the other one and the gold, um, it's got a lot of beef, but then it's also got those three auto blasters to deal with aces. So, um, and then Marcel had a, another fairly common list. It's uh, it just got the Trando Slaver with Dengar Zuckus, four Lom, and then two torpedo boats, both with Dead Eye, extra munitions, guidance ship. And then the plasma had a, one had plasma and intelligence agent, and the other one had Boba and Proton. So fairly standard, but we've seen that list around. Uh, Dom beat me with that in Deep Core last year, and that was the winner. So a scum and villainy winner. I am always excited yeah. to yeah. see that. Right, like it's yeah. never a bad party thing. Party bus is party bus is good. Do you think that that is yeah. the default party bus? The Dengar Zuck is Forlom. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is default. Yeah, I don't that like. Other- the Forlom Zuckus combo because well you're kind of hoping for just like one big shot there with Forlom, but the thing is if you miss now if you use it again you got to ionize yourself mm-hmm. so that's kind of scary so I would I prefer like uh, I boss you see on the flip side though like no. uh, one ion isn't like the biggest deal in the world it's- one ion's not bad but it, that's the thing is if you get two so. But again, I guess if you're only going to use it once, it it still kind of is like a crack shot, I guess. Or if you've got a really good, if you've got a really good self bump. If you do have a great self bump, then yes. But since he's a two, and the other guys are three, eh, then I don't know. But you're right. If you can pull off a self bump, then it's great. But it's scary. It's got that big wide arc. Yeah. You get re rolls against uniques, and then you got Zuckus. I it's I still feel like a crack swarm would probably tear that list down, but it it's you know it's strong jousting and it's tough. So congrats to Marcel, well done. Yeah, so it's beefy too. Oh, Just all that haul. It is very, yeah. Neither yeah. and ni- neither of these lists is Dangaroo or Pal bases. One of them is Rebels, which I mean there there were what there were two Rebel lists that made it. I mean. That's awesome because you really don't see rebels nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a we got a, a Miranda Dash finished uh, tenth in Swiss James, but yeah, aside from that, we still don't have the full list yet from List Juggler. But yeah, yeah not a whole lot of rebels. So yeah, it was it was cool to see too. Good job representing. All right, so um, that was – our champion was Scum and Villainy. We're very, very happy. Hopefully we can see another Scum and Villainy victory at Worlds or, 
you know, scum and villainy, either the faction or one of us, right? Right? Okay. Um, anyways, there, um, there were some other um, interesting news that came out of Gen Con. For starters, um, ships were available. Wave 9 was available at Gen Con. People have ships now. Mark, did you buy um, all of Wave 9? Yes, I did. Right. And that's uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, they also uh, released... Uh, Go ahead. The ships look really good. Really good in person. The the Shadowcaster looks amazing. The uh, even the does the Protectorate look like uh, a backwards um, sick like like we all expected? No, this <laughs> the psych is a backwards Protectorate. We know which one flies oh. better. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Ooh. No, that's just that's just fact. <laughs> it, it looks really good. Even the new tie, or where you'd think, okay, th- this is nothing new, looks really good too. They've they've really been stepping up their game with the miniatures. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, pretty rad. Um, we got uh, a little bit of new information um, as well because I think they dropped uh, the the Shadowcaster article right during Gen Con, didn't they? It was just before. Yeah, so, I mean, more or less, we'll call it simultaneous for the purpose of uh, of the podcast. But So the, the Shadowcaster came out, and the Shadowcaster's got a really cool mechanic, and I know we're all um, pretty excited about it. Um, Mark, why don't you sort of break down um, the Shadowcaster and some of the things that we learned that uh, um, now that uh, everything's been released with that ship and that uh, article? Well, the big thing with the Shadowcaster, its thing, is the mobile firing arc. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Yep. When you place the ship on the board, you can choose one of the four directions, and that's your firing arc uh, that comes with a little pointer. Mm-hmm. And then as an action, it's got a new action type that allows you to rotate the firing arc. Cool. And this does count as a primary firing arc in for all purposes. Cool. That's that's really that's strong. Yeah, it's really cool. I kind of prefer it to how turrets were done previously because you still have if if you're not flying well, you'll still have to spend an action to flip it. Mm-hmm. It's still possible to arc dodge. It's it's interesting. Um, so what sort of new things, uh, popped out, um, with the article? I know that, uh, they jumped into Sabine and we're going to hear her name a lot, uh, in the next, uh, couple of minutes, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so why don't you break down some of the pilots that they spoiled? Okay. So there are four pilots mm-hmm. as usual. The one that we've had for some time has been Ketsu Onyo. Mm-hmm. Ketsu Onyo is pilot skill 7. The stat line, just as a refresher, is 3 attack, 2 defense, 7 hull, 3 shields. Mm -hmm. It's got uh, the focus, target lock, evade, and rotate arc actions. Mm -hmm. The ship comes standard with a crew slot, 2 illicit slots. And then Ketsu and the next pilot have an EPT. 
Ketsu Onio is piled skill seven for, uh, what is she, 38 points. At the start of the combat phase, you may choose a ship at range one. Uh, if it is inside your primary and mobile firing arcs, assign one tractor beam token to it. Sorry, that's range one and two. All right. Um, yeah, very, very cool because this is start of combat. Everybody's already moved. You can throw people to rocks. You can or just reduce their agility and boost them into range one so you can crush them. Uh, fun, fun ship. So I want to talk about um, the uh, rigged cargo chute because they also spoiled that. Uh, <laughs> so, so tell us about this card because I think it is definitely they. It's pretty. It's a really nice addition that they did. You know, adding uh, this is the first time we've at we've been able to add terrain during the game. So, kind of break that down. Right. Basically. It's a well one shot ability. Mm-hmm. You discard the card. You spend an action. You drop the, you drop a debris on the board. Mm-hmm. And it's really big debris. We're talking, it's r- roughly the size of cluster mines. Cool. Wow, that is yeah, it's large. it's pretty hefty. Uh, and it acts as debris for all purposes. Right now, if you drop it on somebody. They take it immediately. Oh, cool! I know you like. I know you like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh no! My pilot skill one moves and drops this on you, and now you're stressed when you didn't plan on it. Hopefully, you didn't dial in a red maneuver. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty snazzy. Um, The uh, just to reiterate, the terrain is a debris, right? Yes, it's debris. Um, so, how much does so that cost? Stress. Uh, it costs one point. That's, I mean, that's really not bad for a point if you've got. Um, I mean, how much? What ships can take that? That's the any any uh, large ship. So the any large ship with it. Any large ship with a um, illicit slot. Yes, that's uh, looking- all of the scum large ones, uh, right? Yeah, pretty much. So it's yes. it's a new, you know, if you've got a point to throw in, it's certainly interesting. Uh, the other thing that they added in regards to terrain is they've, I, I don't know if you've talked about this yet, but the seismic torpedo. Um, so basically this torpedo for two points, you can, um, you can fire at something with wooden range one or two of your firing arc. And if you roll a hit, uh, you can cause everything within range one of that terrain to um, take a damage, and I think it destroys the terrain, period. So if you don't want to yes. deal with terrain, like if you, if you don't like something in your way, I suppose you can destroy it. What do we think about this card? Now, is, it, is it that way, Ricky, or is it each ship rolls one attack die and suffers any damage? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, absolutely is it, correct. Yes. Yeah. Is it the ship? Do do each does each ship roll a die? Each ship rolls each, a die. Each ship rolls. Yeah, I'm sorry. So Palp can intervene. Yeah, he would yes. be able to. Okay. So that immediately makes Just, me like this card less. <laughs> <laughs> That's your thoughts. That's your thoughts right there. You're just like, okay. Just want to let you all know well, how I feel about that. <laughs> it just that's uh, Palp. 
Yeah, I but completely. You, agree. you can make them use it in the action phase, which you know, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden now combat is back mm-hmm. to normal. Does anybody? Uh, I right. completely agree. Does anybody like this card? I'm just curious. Um, I I like. Oh, the, I like quite a bit. I like the idea of it. Um, in practice, you like the card. I do. Okay, cool. Walk me walk me through why. So this is a very effective action. Keep in mind that um, if you have this on a low pilot skill ship because it's an action and not an attack, you can do it before anybody moves. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, Sunter Fell is next to a rock. Boom. The other option is you can use it to clear a path. So once again, if you've got a low pilot skill ship, you can move, destroy the debris, or destroy the rock, and then your other ships move into that location and can boost or barrel roll or act instead of hitting a rock. Which allows you to open up plenty of tactical options that your opponents were not prepared for. Do you for. think that's worth it at two points? Like, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, I'm trying to sell me on it on two points for that. I have wasted two points on far worse things. <laughs> I, I really, I don't have a good way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> This is not what you build your list around. It is something that you can add to your list. Oh, I've got two or three points left over. This adds such utility to your list. Yeah. I I think it's one of those things that the other person's like, oh, you got one of those, and then they start setting up their board, and they completely forget about it. Yeah. Um, Because it's not, you know, it's not super deadly, but it's... It can be if you use it at the right moment. Yeah. I remember right when this game first started, um, a guy who was a war gamer, like, was already trying to come up with rules to, like, shoot down asteroids and stuff. And it always did kind of bug me that there wasn't ways to, like, more manipulate um, asteroids in the game. And even, I think competitively, it's got potential, but. Even not competitively, I think it's very cool that we have rules for uh, this sort of thing in the game now. So, uh, for any style of play, there's more ways to mess with uh, with uh, the terrain, and I think that's neat. Keep in mind that there is a combo where you can rig- use rigged cargo chute to drop something like right in the middle of a swarm, and then use seismic torpedo on it. I don't even know why I'm surprised that you've already thought of this. Uh, so walk me through that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So a large ship moves first. Okay. Action, drop the the uh, rig cargo chute, drop the cargo all over a swarm. Uh-huh. So they all take stress. And then the, the next ship that activates launches a seismic torpedo. So not only is everything stressed, but then they all take a die of damage that they can't do anything about <laughs> that's leading to a an un, unhappy fun time for them that is potentially very strong yeah yeah it's all during the action phase it's it's like this a is actually really-, really nice for bringing low ps ships back in yes 
It's, you know, which we're always excited about. Because right now it's all A-Swing, and I think, Ricky, you, I mean, you and I are, are, I like Rebel Swarms, and, well, actually, Blair, you're, that's that's your bread and butter. Yeah. Um, Blair's really taken the mantle of being good at that. So this this could be something that helps bring them bring them back. Except for the reason that you already mentioned, Scott, in which, I mean, Mark makes a lot of great points, but I have to agree with Scott in that that's, like, the the big thing you want to, like, like you like you're saying, just totally surprise someone. Well, you're totally surprised you catch Soonter. You blow that up. He rolls a crit. Yes. No, I palp it. Sorry. Oh. He's still double-stressed, and- though, isn't he? Yeah. And in and, and this if if you're walking under that last scenario, he would be double stressed because of the double because of the asteroid. Because you dropped the debris on him. Because you pooped the debris on him. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I oh, if we're talking about the cargo, sh- I like the cargo shoot. I'm just talking about the seismic torpedo. Like well, I, again, okay. it's just like if if that was not to your taste. There's another option, <laughs> okay. which is black market slicer tools. Yes. Okay. So let's yeah. let's talk about this because this is this is the card. Yeah, okay. This is the card. All right. So walk us through this card. Out of you, Ricky, when I heard about this card. Yeah, I am <laughs> like I am so happy about this card. A because it's thematic, and B because you know slicer tools. Because uh, frankly, <laughs> yeah, um, I, fell can go do some very uncomfortable things to himself. Um, so walk us through this, because I love this card. Okay, it's illicit. One point. It's an action. Choose a stressed enemy ship at range 1 to 2 and roll one attack die. On a hit or crit result, remove one stress token and deal one face-down damage card. That's an action. That's an action. Did that come out? Did that come out in wave ten? Are we? Are we? Are we skipping no, ahead? No, that that that's in the show. Okay, 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 I can I can remember things. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I love they, they that card. They don't lose the stress unless they take the damage. It's a face down damage card, which means that it goes under shields. Yeah, and you roll the die, so Palp can't fix it. Yeah, that that's that's the one. You you, you and, just can't you let. Could, Ahead. You can combo this with uh, cargo shoot. Oh, you're stressed, and then my next ship activates and slicers. Yeah, that is. I, I think that slicers is going to be a really strong card. We uh, we all were talking about um, that in our Slack channel. I actually ran um, a party bus with gunner and tactician and uh, two slicers with you know just your standard binary pilot because you know i like low ps once again low ps for uh slicers because you can you know where that high ps ship is and you know what the board looks like to get to um it's range one and two right yeah it's range one to two one to two is not that rough to get um even with a you know n- not great dial like the like the Z ninety five, so it's a really really cool card. Um, 
What are some of you guys' favorite uh, locations for this card, and what do you think this is going to do the meta? Because I think, am I crazy, or, or do you guys think that this is the card that's going to, of of the ones we've listed, this is one of the better ones? This is a card that will really hurt Push the Limit, but I don't think it does so in a bad way. I think Push the Limit has been too good for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially on Suitor. This card gives you a counter to it on low PS ships. So I can take a 13-point binary pilot, you know, 12 plus this card, that's 13 points, mm-hmm. and threaten Suter in yeah. a very serious way. Uh, almost more so than um, uh, a compatriot of its uh, feedback array. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what it reminds me of, like a better feedback array. Yeah, it does feel like right. a better feedback. So you're not taking damage. It's it's a point cheaper and range it's, too. It, yeah, there's just a lot of things to to like about this card. And the downside being that it's a fifty percent chance, and it removes stress. But they can't count on that. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Yeah, and they don't know. So I mean, if if you're playing Sunter and he is stressed, and you know your opponent has a Z95 with black market slicer tools, mm-hmm. there's no way you're dialing in a white or red maneuver, hoping they get the black market slicer tools off. Because they, if they don't, you're dead. Mm-hmm. You have to dial in a green. So yeah, you, you have to play as if you, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you have to play as if, A, you still have the stress, and B, you still have the damage. It's, it's, you gotta play worse to both cases here. It's, it's very effective. Uh, and it opens, now, not on Sunter, but on all the other ships that everybody always slaps, uh, push the limit on, now you can start experimenting with other EPTs. Yeah, yeah, so because I like that. It dials down the effectiveness of Push the Limit, so now you can experiment with fearlessness. Okay, so let's talk about fearlessness. I know that it, I think that that one came out in, um, Protector. Yeah, but like, I, I really like, how about this? I know you really like that, um, that EPT. So jump, so let's, let's talk about fearlessness for a second. We got to get into wave 10 soon, but I love this ship. So we can, we can kind of jump into it a little bit. Okay. Fearlessness. One point EPT scum only. Yes. Which is how it should be. When you're attacking, if you are inside the defender's firing arc and they are inside your firing arc, at range one, you get to add a hit result. Just boom, extra hit. And you're already at range one, so you're rolling an extra die as it is. And it doesn't specify primary weapon. <laughs> so my favorite spot, just, uh, I, I have three favorite spots for this. My favorite one, though, I think has to be Andrew Sulak. Okay. Who gets an extra attack die if there are no friendly ships nearby? Yes. With cluster missiles and glitter stim. Oh, crap. Right. To get that to range <laughs> one's got to be a little rough to do. Okay. <laughs> you do. You're rolling, you're rolling four dice plus one glitter stim twice. 
Good luck. <laughs> oh my god, that's brutal. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. I love it, Drew. <laughs> well, well, uh, oh. glitter stim, glitter stim goes well with uh, with the cluster anyway. So. And you could have guidance chips in there to fix one of your attack dice. <laughs> Just the worst range one attack. <laughs> yep. Well, it's uh, not that. Bad. I fix one. If and you're I get this other extra hit. Yeah, that's a, a potentially ten a uh, ten hits. Blair, do you have any uh, sort of uh, spots you like that card? That fearlessness card. Um, I think probably what. Because it comes in the protectorate, so I think initially it was a lot of what people were looking at as old Terok and Fen'ra. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Mark was saying, it definitely, depending on how popular the slices are, um, or if you just can't afford push, uh, I definitely think it's an okay spot on either of those uh, because of their abilities and because of the title. I mean, people talk about how like Sintra's like unhittable at like range three. Well, these dudes, like at range one, are like going to be very, very, very dangerous because even if you catch them with a swarm in your arc, now they're they're adding one evade on every attack. So it's it's even if you catch them at range one with a swarm, which is like ideally what you want to do against an ace, right? That's still mm-hmm. not really like they still don't really care that much. That's kind of like where they want to be. So um, I think I definitely think- either of those guys. Yeah, I'm kind of with Blair on that. I think I think there's some risks because they're pretty fragile at getting that range one, but I I don't know. There, I think it's going to be an interesting learning curve on those ships. Yeah, um, I've been flying, figuring out how to fly them well. I've been flying Ben a lot recently, and he's rough, right? Because he's a lot squishier than you expect him to be, unless you fly him. Weirdly aggressively, like yeah, weirdly aggressive. Yeah, up like this, like Suntir. But yeah, and and where Suntir, it's like one of the things I hate about Suntir is most of the people who fly him well just run. They're 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 total chickens with him. But you kind of have to be. Where this guy, I think you're going to fly totally different, um, and it's I think it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you the places you should be looking for fearlessness. Not necessarily on the Protector Starfighter, which is a decent platform, but the Lancer Pursuit, uh, Lancer class Pursuit Craft. Let's circle it. Yes, circle on it back. (laughs) Keep in mind, it does not have to be. uh, uh, It's any of your firing arcs Mm -hmm. at range (laughs) one. That is or crazy. The, or the fire spray, or on Bosk, which is hilarious if he rolls a crit. Wow. Oh. Ooh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Right. But on these large scum ships with plenty of fire arcs, that's the perfect place for fearlessness. Uh, you know, Cath Scarlet with fearlessness, Tail Gunner, good luck. You're at range one behind her, you're dead. I, I, you know, I want Cath Scarlet, I, I always think should be better than she is, the, the scum version, because of that rear arc. I mean, maybe with... Yes, seven. Yeah, but I mean, that rear arc has got a four, four dice attack that's good. You know, it's... it's a, really good. It's Yeah, it's, it's that's really good. It's just that 
It's because it's a large space ship. It's just so fast. Yes, but the with tail gunner and, and fearlessness, you're it's even better because now it's at range one. You're rolling you know, five dice plus one, and they're down in agility. But with tail gunner itself, okay, it's too fast. You're saying now you're shooting at range three. Doesn't matter. They're not getting the bonus die because you're reducing their agility. Tail gunner's made for Kath. All right, so let's uh, let's jump a little bit. Uh, let's see here. Let's jump a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's jump to wave ten because we, we we I know that we love um, I know that we love the Shadowcaster and Wave Nine, but they, it, as you mentioned, they 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 announced Wave Ten, and um, I kind of want to jump into that. Mark, why don't you tell us the three ships that they announced and. Give us a basic breakdown of each one, and then we'll try and call out uh, some uh, some stuff that uh, they did in in the uh, in the announcement. The first thing to note is they announced three ships mm-hmm. for each faction. Are we now so finally the- are we finally equal up on on ship count for everything? Ship count were roughly equal, but Scum is way behind for pilots. Mm-hmm. Um. The and, and it's wave ten. We're finally getting a whole bunch of new ships that we've never seen before. So the first ship is the Tie Fighter. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but but it's the Rebel Tie Fighter, and it's the, the Rebel Tie and, Fighter, and the most popular card in X Wing. Uh, who's Tie Fighter? Sabine Wren. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like she's she's everywhere. Anyway, so the Rebel Tie Fighter and what are the other two ships? The Rebel Tie Fighter, the Upsilon class shuttle, which is one I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Quad Jumper. Okay, which is that little ship that gets blown up uh, in Force Awakens. Yeah. So when when uh, garbage will do, it's the ship yeah. before yeah. garbage will do. Yep, that's right. Anyways, um, so let's kind of jump into these. So the Rebel TIE Fighter, let's go ahead and talk about that. Does Zeb carry over his same ability? Because if he is, uh, he will not be seeing any play. I can tell you that right now. Actually, I think... Zeb's ability works a lot better on a TIE fighter than it does it, on... That, yes, you're absolutely shot. right, Mark. Yeah, it does. It's still kind of pedestrian, but you're absolutely right. So, we don't know if it carries over. Looks like it kind of does. The wording looks similar, but we only have, mm-hmm. like, four letters of it, so it could be anything. So, my, my first question is, um, does this... Because this is the first thing that I thought of, is... Is a TIE fighter, I mean, any, the first thing I think of is, is, cause this is the first, you know, faction that gets two ultra cheaps, you know, um, both, um, a Z95 and the, the TIE fighter, um, is. What, you mean a, a Z95 and a psych doesn't count? N- no, that chip doesn't exist. It's not yeah. real and we'll never <laughs> mention it again. 
But um, but is is this tie fighter? Mm. What sort of role does this tie fighter fill for the rebels? And is it necessary? Like, what is this doing that a Z ninety five isn't? I mean, it's well, certainly not factor. necessary. Yeah. It's, but I mean, at this point, the uh, the arsenals of each faction are like getting so big. It's like they there's pretty much a role for like so every so it's really not necessary, Ricky. Uh, but I think it can still, I think it can still fill a role here or there because there's no generic one. So it's like, it's going to be like, yeah, so yeah, that's, there's no generic. So this is going to fill that sort of small point fill that maybe like an A wing fills right now. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know. They're going to have to have some pretty interesting abilities to kind of compete with that. Uh, this, uh, the Sabine's it's, Masterpiece title is pretty interesting. Uh, for a point, you get the ability to have a crew and an illicit slot, and that's, once again, another illicit slot that the Rebels get access to. Um, yeah. I keep thinking... to uh, I, Slicers. Yeah, I see uh, Slicers is one, and I, I've seen a lot of Cloaks, and I don't understand the Cloaks personally, um, because that card is you know not very... Mm. Yeah, yeah, you, it's hard yeah. to rely on it. But, uh, yeah, if the Cloaks ever went to Imperials, that would be terrible. Um, well, if, if you want to be thematically appropriate, you take Dead Man Switch. That's uh, a... It's not terrible because I mean, when you think about it, I, I like that card. This card doesn't get run a lot, right? Um, anyway, so I think that's got a lot of options. The cruise slot's clearly one of the best um, upgrades. It could be considered probably the best upgrade. Um, well, especially on rebels, Ricky, because if you look at Sabine, not even counting, she gets an, she has an EPT as well, mm-hmm. and with the new, you take a. a there's a new zero point upgrade card too. Uh, one of the new uh, condition cards, mm-hmm. a score to settle, which basically you can pick a ship, choose an enemy ship at the beginning of play, and anytime you attack them, you change the focus to a crit. So for zero points, that's pretty sweet. You can toss that on her um, for any big ships you're going up against or any aces, and then take black market slicers uh, with her title, obviously, and then bring Chewbacca. And now you've got a 21-point PS5 ship with four-hole and a super shield and an awesome pilot ability. I mean, that is something I would not be thrilled about to play if I've got an ace because she's an excellent blocker and she's got that slicer tool that can really put some fear into you and she's going to be hard to kill because of Chewbacca. At 400 points, I think that's a pretty good value. So I'm pretty excited for her. Can, can we lament the fact that the X-Wing is 21 points? Poor X-Wing. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I don't know if yet. Scott, you remember that card? I don't remember that card. I do. <laughs> it won Worlds once. Yeah. It won Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so yeah, you're absolutely right, though. That is absolutely a stellar combo. Um, let's jump into uh, the quadcopter because I kind of want to uh, fire this along here. The quadcopter is a jumper. Yeah, the quad jumper. <laughs> quadcopter. Come on. Quadcopter is something <laughs> different. Um, the quad jumper um, is a small base ship. Uh, two attack, 
two agility, five hole, and it looks pretty cheap. It looks like it's going to probably come out to be, what, about 16, 15 points for that? I mean, that's not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly you're excited. They mentioned um, all of the, uh, they mentioned six range one maneuvers, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. Um, and one thing I, I, I kind of, one of the crew that they mentioned in this is Uncar, uh, Plutt, the, uh, is a scum only crew one point, and, um, after executing a maneuver that causes you to overlap an enemy ship, so if you run into an enemy ship, you can suffer a damage and perform an action. That's not terrible at a point. No. The, the ship that actually really wants that can't actually take him if the if igs could take that they would be so happy that's one of their getting blocked is one of their weaknesses so i don't know what ships yeah it's not the thing is scum really need scum, it. scum has such awesome crew as it is they have so many awesome crew so even it's only one point but yeah i it doesn't really seem too stellar to me that that, that crew. So the one so. thing that what is the, the thing about this ship is it's for the most part fairly underwhelming for me for the points and abilities that it's given. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I think maybe we're missing something. But what am I missing on this ship that it's got tech? It's got a tech upgrade. It looks like it has a couple tech um, or a new tech card. Um, so it could carry com relays, um, which is an, as a good card, right? <laughs> but it doesn't have the it evade action. So. It can't evade. <laughs> so is there a way to? Is there a way? I to, guess a tawny mind could. There we go. It. What? How do you if get they have evade with a tawny mind link? Because that one doesn't pass. Is there a way to get oh, evade? Yeah, is there There's a way no to, way to get it? It's dumb. No, not right now. Come on, guys! Of course there is. Cool hand. Hmm. Cool. There you go. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> you know what you've done. You know what you've done. I'm going to see that so much. It's, that's going to take it. All right. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to bank this, this ship in the wait and see, and hopefully it's good because, you know, it's not like scum need any more completely useless ships. All right, Mark, I know that you were, you're interested as a fellow shuttle connoisseur. Um, this looks similar to our favorite ship of all time, but uh, why don't you break down the shuttle? Yes. The Upsilon hmm. shuttle. Kylo Ren ship. Kylo Ren ship. Mm-hmm. Four attack. Yes. One Riddle. agility, six hull, six shields. And most important, Kylo Ren has an EPT. Yes. Was, like, was he known as a pilot? I mean, am I missing something? He is PS6, so he's not a good pilot, but he is a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um... Is that... Yeah, focus, target lock, and co- coordinate are the acts. So, wait a second. What does coordinate do? It's one of the epic. Okay, so I played epic yeah. like four times. Like someone walked me through this because if I remember you correctly, choose, yeah, good. 
a friendly ship gets to take an action. That is awesome. A friendly ship anywhere? I don't know all the restrictions. One, one to two. One to two. Who's no. Jeff? We need him. It might be one to three. Um, it's been a long time since I've done it. I'm uh, consult- I'm consulting the 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 uh, the the holonet uh, as we. Oh, Jeff, where are you? What do you What do you guys think of Kylo Ren and his new, you know, card so, assigning? Yeah. So, so for everyone doesn't know. First time you're hit by an attack each round, deal that I'll show you the dark side condition to the attacker, and what that is, when it's assigned, if it's not already in play. The player who dealt it searches the damage deck for one damage card with the pilot trait and we place it face up on this card, then shuffle the damage deck. When you suffer critical damage from an attack, you're instead chosen, you're instead dealt the chosen face up damage card. And when there's no damage card on this card, remove it. So basically you get to pick what crit you're going to take. I, it reminds me of like Merrick Steel. And I, I think we'll see him played as much as Merrick. I don't know. I think we're going to see him a lot more than that, simply because the shuttle is amazing with that stat line and has an EPT. So coordinate yeah. for for uh, I got there. Uh, if uh, within range uh, one or two, it's an action, and the chosen ship that uh, within one or two of you can perform a free action. So you can just hand a free action off, and that is. Awesome. All I see this thing being is another Palpatine character. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, all. That's, I can, that's why I mean, I'm asking if, if Kylo Red is actually going to even be on the ship, or if Palpatine's going to boot him off and the, take over. The first place we can f- get two tech upgrades, and you can't find a use for him. Oh, I'm sure there's a use for him, but. What are you going to do for the Just tech expert upgrades? handling is all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, are you going to put sensor cluster and weapons guidance on him? Like, I don't really see the... It comes I mean, with... We're getting at least three new tech upgrades. Yeah, there's got to be some new techs coming because they're really... They're beefing them hard. So hopefully they're good. I can't imagine they won't be for this shuttle, but... Well, they could yeah. be like a... All the droids that we keep getting. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds a little salty. Oh, uh, let's, uh, jump into, let's jump into let's jump into because we've been we've been walking around these condition cards. So who's got a good handle on conditions and can break down conditions? Because this is probably the the big addition to this wave, or certainly the biggest sort of change that they're making to the game. Who can break down conditions for me? Well, those are the only two, aren't they? I'll show you the dark side and uh, a score to sell. Yeah, but, I believe but it was... break break down what they are. <clears throat> what is a condition? Uh, so it's basically like you just put it next to a ship, uh, an enemy ship. Is so far is all we have, um, and it's basically like on them until you say otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it gets removed when you die. Or not? Mm-hmm. Do we know that yet? I don't think. Yeah, that's so. a good question. I don't know if it yeah. if it goes away if that. It, it, yeah, it, it goes away depending upon the condition itself. The condition okay. itself will 
will specify when it ends. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, you know, people are saying, well, it's making the game more complicated. Well, I don't think it's really it, all that much. Really? Yeah. Like, how, like at this point, we've got ten ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, not any more com- yeah, complicated than, like, Agent Callus, where you just pick somebody, and it yep. seems sort of similar in yeah. that vein. Exactly. And plus now there's, like, a card to remind you, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, Callus, yeah. you just have to try to remember. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping for... I was hoping for something, like... Because you guys know, I don't know if you guys play Imperial Assault, but there's, like, stuff that you add to your list that is just, like, it's not on the board, but it, like, counts towards your point cost, and then it's just, like, there to help you out. Like, you get to draw an extra card every round or something. I was kind of hoping that that would be a thing sooner or later, where, like, you pay, like, five points, and you can, like, change a blank to an evade once around or something like that, you know, and it's just there with your squad. The whole So it's sort of like Palpatine, but it doesn't die, I guess. But some not necessarily the same ability, but this is kind of the same thing as that, is that it's it's going to be there because you know, you, you place it like right, you know, you're not going to die before you have a chance to play it, place it. So, uh, yeah, that's what the uh, uh, effects are so yeah i i'm excited to see how they work out i i think that we need to see a little bit more information before we really sort of dive into wave 10 but yeah i mean it looks promising it opens up design space yeah it opens up design space like this i'm always like thinking how to fix x-wing uh-huh. um this you know this kind of thing might be a, a way to go not instead of like a droid fix to them, but I don't know. It, it, it'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how this, how this um, plays out. So of the three ships, I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys, I think I already know Mark's answer. So I'm going to ask him last. Um, Scott of the three new ships, which one's your favorite? It has to be the shuttle. It's just like, it's so cool. Um, yeah. I, I, I like the shuttle. Um, the TIE fighter doesn't, I mean, it's, I like the look of it, but I don't know if it's, I, I mean, we'll see. Blair, uh, of those three, which one do you like uh, the most uh, early on? Uh, you know, I really, I got to say the TIE just because it's Sabine. Like, I really like her ability. It makes her an awesome blocker against aces but it also makes her super hard for generics to pin down. And then, I mean, you look at Chewbacca, that's four points for an extra hole and, like, a super shield. Four points. So, and you get an illicit, too, which can help with, you know, you can take whatever you want. Uh, but, you know, everyone loves illicits, so... I'm I'm pretty stoked for her, I gotta say. But I don't think I'm, the quad jumper... I'm, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Oh, hold on. I want to say, I don't think Chewbacca gives you that shield. What do you mean? Because Chewbacca is... You have no shield to recover. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. I could be wrong, and you're right. So then is is (laughs) 3PO the uh, answer there? Or... No. Yeah, I don't know about that. 
Um, so another thing to think about, um, because, you know, I'm always a little off the beaten path, uh, um, here, but isn't it a little weird that, um, you can, I mean, Sabine is on this kid show and they give the ability for Sabine to take an illicit upgrade. So we could theoretically have Sabine on drugs in X-Wing because of Glitterstim. What sort, she of, had what sort of message are you sending, FFG? Hey, she was mixed up in some bad stuff before she got on the ghost, Ricky, so let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, uh, but she's on. on the Rebels now. Um, uh, my favorite ship is... I'm, go, I'm always cheering for scum, so I think one of those uh, six maneuvers at range one is going to be the super awesome I win maneuver. Um, so I'm really curious to see what they offer there. It's probably going to be something like, a uh, one sloop or something ridiculous. Um, one talent roll. Yeah. <laughs> kind of cool. Um, <laughs> oh, they've got Mark, a sloop so, one direction and roll the other. <laughs> yeah. Here's a cool. So, but if you put shield on Sabine, a shield upgrade, then you can recover. Can't you Mark? Then, yes. then could you? So then it would be okay. 25 points. Then it'd be twenty five if you bring black slicers. Still, yeah. that's but I don't know. I don't think that quad jumper is going to be as terrible as you think, uh, Ricky. Because I think there, like Mark said, there's there's at least one or two texts coming. There's got to be something like really fits into that that pocket there. Well, and, once the maneuvers so. are really good and having six of them, I mean, there's got to be something interesting. Like a one, uh, like Scott said, a one talent roll would be rad. So, yeah. <laughs> And they've got a crew upgrade, and they're going to be really cheap tactician carriers. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and it's supposed to be better than the Falcon, right? I saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got to have some sort of. I'm sure it will be. Anyways, I'm sure it'll be way better than Falcon. Mark, uh, and and most obviously, what's your pick? <laughs> what are you most excited for? The shot. All right, that's a good answer. I've. I have been jonesing for an EPT on a shuttle since I started playing in Wave 3. Yeah. All right, so that's Wave 10, um, and we're really excited. I can't wait to see some more lists. Now we're going to close this off with our fan list. We finally got around to picking a long-range sensors list. Our winner is Adam Kempers. Um, Blair, you want to uh, let us know what uh, Adam ran? Uh, yeah, I'm glad we're done with this because I don't. Now I don't have to hear you call it long range sensors for the eighth time. Long range scanners, yeah, long range scanners. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so Adam named it Biggs's Knockers. So he's got uh, Miranda with the TLT homing missiles, chopper, long range scanners, near dantles with baffled proton torps, extra munitions, and guidance ships. And then Biggs with a R4D6 and integrated. And he's wrote up quite the uh, description here. Do you want me to read it for everyone, Ricky? Um, yeah, I mean... Sum up. Yeah, give, give us the sum of the... Uh, it's pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you can... Miranda like does her thing, you know. You can split her off and have her do her little bait-and-switch type goodness that she does. Or you can keep her next to Biggs to uh, help screen for her and do the same with Nira. She's got and, that, uh, uh, she's got the rebel death star with the homing missile too. That we talked about, I think two yeah. sessions ago. Yep. The five 
dice attack with the homing missile, and the fact that you can take it with a long-range scanner, uh, and you don't have to spend your homing missile, now you're shooting a five-dice shot with focus uh, and target lock, and they can't use an evade, so a big-time Sunter killer right there, and then uh, you know, Biggs just screens for Nira and Miranda so they don't get nuked. And then you can, you know, if you can get Sinter off the board and hopefully you can just clear up with Miranda right there. So, yeah, cool list. So, congratulations, Adam. We will be uh, sending you your prize shortly. So, um, just to kind of talk about the list really quickly, um, what what sort of purpose do you see? Like, walk me through Baffle and Nira and how they sort of interact with each other. Uh, well, to be quite honest, I'm guessing just because if he wants to hard one Mm -hmm. or K turn and still get an action, I would guess that would be why. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I guess, uh, how much is baffle? It's only one point. It's one point. What's that? Yeah, it's one point. Yeah, it clears up the, the, the dial for the, for the B wing, you know? Yeah. So if you want to get out of there with like a three bank, yeah, yeah, or you could do a K, you can do a K turn, but you're really not option. gonna K turn with Nira yeah. because she's got that proton. So once only once she dies, then go ahead, Mark. So the other option to to remember is you could bring debris clouds, mm-hmm. and, and oh, yeah. then open up your dial by hitting a debris cloud and still getting yeah. the action and. And doing things that your opponent wouldn't uh, wouldn't expect because mm-hmm. once you baffle away that stress from the debris cloud, you can still act and get that yeah. uh, torpedo off. So yeah. since baffle is the one thing that we're all sort of I'm not necessarily sure about, um, is there something else that you would do with a, a combo or something else you would do in this sort of um, archetype uh, for a uh, for you know a narrow Miranda Biggs or maybe through doing a pylon or anything along those lines? Well, he he mentioned one thing that I just find is hilarious since I'm like the resident Dangaroo hater here, but mm-hmm. you can take the long-range scanner and put it on uh, Manaru. Mm-hmm. Which so is awesome. Then, yeah, because Manaru has to pass that target lock over to Dengar, so then you get to shoot Dengar with the lock already on him. So that they think you're going to catch him off guard, and then bam, oh, target lock on Dengar, sorry. So that's funny. <laughs> yeah, coolest. Yeah, all right. So um, so that means that we have a new contest. Um, since the Frog Father is uh, podcasting back today, <laughs> Froggies, I'm going to let you pick it. Um, what do you want uh, the next uh, contest to be? You know, I had a couple ideas, but I think I'm going to go with, I want to see someone use the IG-88D crew card. Cool. Um, and see what see what they can come up so with. So for, for everyone's reference, what does that card do? So the IG-88D crew is scum only, naturally. Mm-hmm. You have the pilot ability of each friendly ship with the IG-2000 upgrade card in addition to your own pilot ability. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I... I I just want to see what what people what sh- come up what with. What shenanigans you can get up to. That is a really good crew. I mean, we keep talking about this. Blair keeps, has mentioned it like a couple of times. Scum has yeah. awesome crew. So many good crew. And, you know, 
Bosk with a GD8B. I don't, I mean, yeah. What was the one that you were mentioning? Uh, Yeah, you were mentioning one the other day, uh, Blair. Um, well, Jeff had this idea as well, but basically, Morallo with HLC, 88D, Bosk, and then you still have one crew slot left, and then just 88B. And in 88D, the crew now, in essence, becomes a one-point gunner card. And you have Bosk, which gives you a focused target lock if you miss. And, I mean, I would just throw on... For one point, I'd throw on Zuckus, just because now if you're yeah. shooting at an ace, you got four dice, you got a focused target lock on the second shot, you can make him reroll all their dice. Uh, that's pretty scary to me. Um, so, hopefully, we don't get eight submissions of that. But I, I've been thinking, I haven't tried it out yet, but I've been wanting to try that out. So, and I know Jeff likes it a lot too. So, yeah, that's a really nice combo. I mean, Gunner and Gunner and Bosk was already popular. So, it's kind of cool to see that as a combination. All right. So, there you go. The IG88D title. That is your next contest. Submit a list with that uh, crew. Submit it to Scum and Villainy podcast at gmail.com. Is that our email? Am I losing my mind? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Excellent. Scum and Villainy Podcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash Scum and Villainy Podcast. Hit us up there. We would definitely appreciate it and we love seeing your lists. All right. So that wraps it up. That was a uh, pretty eventful. Uh, looking forward to two weeks from now. Hopefully we'll hear if we made it to Worlds or not and we will unveil our new tournament that is uh, Blair's uh, brainchild, and so you know it's going to be neat. Um, anyways, um, for Mark Fletcher, better known as Sable Griffin, Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy, the Frog Father, uh, Scott Williams, better known as Mr. Froggies, my name's Richard White, Kelvin Tiberius, thank you, Galactic Holonet, and good hunting.